This is Rockin' Vino, the podcast about wine and music and how the two go so well together. Find new episodes every Tuesday on Spotify, Apple Music, and wherever podcasts are offered. Find the show online at rockinvino.com and on social media at rockinvino. How's it going? I'm Coco. And this is Mike. And this is Rockin' Vino. Now in its third season, the highly acclaimed podcast. New World Tres. <laughs> A very fun guest this week. He's not specifically wine, he's not specifically music, but he's sort of like adjacent of all these things, is comedian Steve Osborne. Welcome. Yes, because I have a radio and I'm a drunk, so this is perfect. (laughs) You've come to the right place. Yeah, I've got it all figured out. I know just enough about about these things to at least fill 35 minutes. (laughs) We're two minutes in. You're almost there. All right. So far, so good. (laughs) Any more promos you want to do? That way I can really make it a a value-added experience. We'll get to you about 10 minutes in. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) So... Uh, yes, you are a, a Bay Area comedian around here. Yes. Uh, what? How? How? We usually start with you know how'd you get started? How'd you get started with uh, with comedy? Uh, there's so there's two two comedic trajectories. There was the original one. This long time ago. I don't quite have the dates. I guess I could probably look at the newsreel. But I uh, I was my first time ever doing stand up comedy was emceeing a show at a church in Grants Pass. Of course. Oregon. Yeah, of course, as one does. Um, I had some friends who had a, a Christian folk band <laughs> and they said, we would love for you to come and, and host this thing. We'll pay for the trip. You know, when somebody offers you an all expense paid trip to Grants Pass, Oregon, you jump at the chance. I mean, there's an Applebee's within walking distance. Um, and so... So I was like, sure. And they're like, yeah, do stand-up. Like, I've never done stand-up. Like, yeah, but you'd be great at it. And again, that's how most people start stand-up. Like, I could, like, I'm funny. I'm funny. I'm the funniest guy at work. It's like, yeah, well, somebody has to be, right? I mean, when you're around a bunch of dullards, you're going to shine, right? And so it's like, of course, this is going to translate to the stage. Uh, Long story short, um, I got banned from the church for life, and oh. uh, the the that band, escalated quickly. Yeah, I the mean, band also got banned just a for story bringing there. <laughs> you know, and it really was. It, they were fairly conservative. I know, shocker. Did you swear or something? No, like, no, no. Apparently, the, they took because what happened was I went in there with what I thought was like maybe a five minute set, and I did twenty five minutes, hmm. um, and it was not. It was very. <laughs> Uh, off, you know, off the top of the head type thing, and, and their specific issue was that I made light of the sacraments. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, there was just there was I was just there was a simple. Dis- I don't even remember because it was all kind of a free flowing thing, but it was basically talking about how you know communion Sunday is the best Sunday because usually I'm running late for church and I'm hungry, and so I you know you, you start sifting for like the biggest body of Christ piece you can find, and <laughs> and I had proposed the idea of an all you can eat body of Christ bar, you know. <laughs> A little sour cream and onion messiah. Pretty blasphemous. I guess. I thought it was entertaining. Yeah. But yeah, so that was that. And then yeah. many years later, after I had vowed to never do it again, I was asked to to host a uh, YMCA uh, benefit. And they said, and I said, I'll just host it. But they said, no, we really want you to do stand-up. And so I, I, so I did. And, and it worked pretty well. I actually converted some of my old uh, essays that I've written into like smaller bits. And then uh, seven years later, here I am. Nice. Now, do you get that a lot with shows where the promoter or whoever's putting it on goes, okay, well, we want you to be funny, but here's like here's like five topics we don't want oh, you yeah. to hit. Okay. Those are my favorite is when, like, when you've already agreed <laughs> and you've showed up and they said, oh, by the way, this is like PG or lighter if you could. And you're like, oh, okay. I mean, like, I, don't, I can do, I mean, I'm, I'm not a, a dirty comic by any stretch, but like, 
the term clean comedy is so loaded. If someone says mm-hmm. clean comedy, they may just they may be like, look, let's not you know if 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 you're doing a thousand f bombs, can you bring it down to like thirteen or whatever <laughs> it is? But like some, it's like it's got to be clean. It's all ages clean, and that and that's that can be a, a chore because um, you know what is a, what does a seven year old think is funny, right? I mean, poop. Fortunately, <laughs> which is good for me because that's also within my wheelhouse. So I have I have an arsenal. <laughs> Leading the league in poop-based material. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's. I, I assume for a comedian. I mean, I, I assume it's different having a weird gig and maybe a bad gig. I, I assume yeah. weird gigs are almost good. Oh yeah. It's, uh, any weirdest gigs you remember? <sighs> like, I mean, there's. I mean, weird. I mean, gosh, there's been some really odd. Like, you find yourself in a very bizarre location and it shouldn't work. Like, I mean, hey, I just. Did a show at Oroville not too long ago, and uh, yeah, it's a comedy mecca. Um, <laughs> and what's, what's in it, you're in a restaurant, and the restaurant, they're all just, they were so frazzled because there were people there, and they didn't know what to do. Uh, <laughs> so it was like, it was a lot of people, so it was like a good show, like in terms of attendance, but everybody was super rowdy, and like everything, I mean, pe- like people are just dropping Bud Light bottles because they forgot how to hold things. It was just, the whole thing was just <laughs> kind of a, 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 just a cavalcade of, of chaos, but, th- but it was, you know, the they were mostly attentive. There was full. You got paid. You you uh, got food, and so all of these different like boxes were checked. And it was weird, right? And so that becomes like one of those. Yeah, that's weird. But you've had I've had shows where like you're in an established uh, venue and nobody's engaged, and it's just everybody's timing is off, and it's like, well, that that wasn't fun. Like I, I a, a weird show can be the best show because uh, you know. You can feel like you're going through the motions sometimes when you're when you're doing your set, but if you've got to be on your you know think on your feet and some sort of chaotic thing happens, that's that's that kind of keeps you going for the next one. When you're kind of find yourself like on stage and like the crowd's just not responding the way that you hope that they should, do you have any like techniques for just like kind of bringing them in, or do you just kind of like? finish your material and you're just like all right y'all peace here's the next guy that's a, that's a great question because what because um not every comic is for everybody right i mean that yeah. and that and that's the thing is like if you're at a show if you're at a music event and you're like well i'm not really into rockabilly mm-hmm. but rockabilly's happening you can have a conversation while rockabilly is is the soundtrack of your whatever you know your situation right um but if it's comedy you're kind of forced to pay attention and if you're not into it I mean you're just you're just not into it right and like so there are there are times where I, I have enough like if, if if for some reason something is a little more blue and that seems to be working I'm like okay maybe this crowd wants that right so you try to pull out some of the the edgier things and on the flip side okay well they're not going for any of this we'll try this you start going through the kitchen sink and if you find something that sticks <laughs> you go with it well you find out more than I find like when you're in a show that maybe is an unconventional environment like a um, a work party right you're hired to do a work party which i think are always fascinating because people they're like i like comedy why wouldn't sheila from accounting also like comedy and and sheila may have never been to a comedy show she may not understand sarcasm you know and so so that's a it's a big ask so what you find in those situations crowd work goes a long way because then at least they feel like they're involved and and it, it was kind of fun it was like a weird motivational speaker or something so that that's kind of like the the in, in emergency break 
glass and start asking. I bet you learn the the subplots of The Office very quickly in that situation. Yeah, people are so willing to out each other. (laughs) That's my favorite part is as soon as you're like, hey, so uh, what's the deal with your scarf or whatever? And everyone's like, oh, man, there's the scarf. Everybody in the area. Like, like, then they'll just start volunteering information. She's got 17 cats. And you're like, okay, well, let's talk more about you, Sheila from accounting. (laughs) Have you worked with any... um, uh, like you know, big time comedians that are awesome or that are horrible. <laughs> uh, you know, I've, I've yeah. So I've worked with like so, some of my uh, uh, brief encounters that I've really enjoyed, like Craig Robinson uh, from you know The Office and Myriad uh, Films. Uh, he was great. I mean, just absolutely. Uh, uh, he was he, he encouraged me a lot in some in uh, some with some advice, and he was just a real like. He's like the, all the characters he plays. Very, very cool. Um, I've had good experiences with people like Todd Berry, who's you know super introverted, um, takes a lot to get uh, stuff out of him. Um, but you know when I see him now, if I run into him, it's like it's, it's usually pretty positive. I was warned about Jay Moore at one point, like oh Jay Moore can be real, uh, real fickle. I I found him to be very, uh, very engaging, very yes. uh, down to earth. Uh, but I could see it. You know, you could see he's an alpha, right? He, and, and you get into a green room, and the alpha is going to definitely, you know, if you don't have the right pistachios, he'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> now, when you're when you're on a bill with a, a lot of different comedians, is there a, is there a competitiveness where you you like seeing that you know the crowd's really into something? Oh, you think oh that's going to be a good crowd, but then you're also like I want those laughs too. Yeah, you know it's that's that's the dirty little secret of comedy, right? <laughs> Is we're all in it together until we really don't have to be, right? And <laughs> and if the show's going well, like there are times where you're like, okay, I I don't want this guy to do too well in front of me because now. You, know, you don't want to get buried, but you don't want a cold mic either. So, but sometimes the cold mics are good because people are so. If the audience is good, they're hungry for something, and then you can be the balm that heals. Um, <laughs> but there is this sense too, like depending on who's going up after, because you, you you'll, there'll be times you're like, well, why am I gonna go before this person? And then now your goal is like, I'll give him a hot mic. I'll give him too hot of a mic. <laughs> you can't even hold it. So there is. So, but I mean, we do like. It's it's funny like we all have uh, it's high school we all have cliques like there's the there's this group of comics versus this group of comics well there's the alt comics they're all going to hang out in front of the school and then over there the club <laughs> comics yeah the typical jocks and then and then you know then you've got they're like oh look at the open mic crew right on they're all listening to the Cure and everybody's got their own you know little little pockets that they that they go to and then you know you can interchange obviously because we all want stage time. But. <laughs> Now, we talk about how wine and music go together on here. I assume it's a little different with comedy. I've heard comedy and music in a live setting may not be the easiest thing to do. Well, yeah, I, nothing, nothing's worse than a mixed open mic. <laughs> oh, I'll tell God. you, because uh, it's, I mean, some of these open mics have figured it out, and they'll be like, okay, we're going to treat it like a McDLT. We're going to keep the hot side hot and the cold side cold. We're going to have music here, and then if you guys still want to stick around, here come here come the guys that are going to bum you out, right? And, and so, but when it's when they're interwoven, there's nothing quite like, a, it's like watching a 15-year-old learn to drive a stick, because it's just like, oh, it's just stalled again. What are we, this is going nowhere. This is this is ruining everything uh, I'm car sick now um, yeah so and, and but there are certain events where it's like you know a comic will open like I uh, when I went and saw Beck uh, Alex Edelman instead of having an opening uh, band or two Alex Edelman uh, a comic that I a huge fan of uh, it, he did he did like 15 minutes up front and for me it was great one I think he's really funny and I didn't have to sit through a band at all like I just can get right 
to back. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is this is really good for me. 15 minutes is a really good time frame too, while you're waiting for uh, your your main attraction to start. And it was it wasn't anything I had to compare it to. It wasn't like, oh, okay, I could sit through this song. It's like, oh, I like this. It was so that that part I think is good. Now, if he had come out in between and then cracked wise, I think that would have <laughs> would have not been as fun. But it was it, I liked that setup. I see that a little bit with uh, a guy like Jim Brewer and Metallica. Oh, yeah. They, yeah like, you right. know, I, he opened for them, I think, at one of their Fillmore shows. Like, right. it, it, he knows the energy of the room. He knows everyone wants to see Metallica and just, like, plays off that. Sure. And it's just a big party with a few jokes mixed in. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my friend uh, Johnny Taylor was, uh, he, he got to do that for Portugal the Man recently. Uh, and wow. uh, and I think that that's, and, I, and again, he's a fan of the band, and so he can speak the audience's language, I think, which is, which is helpful. Now, you also spent some time in the wine industry yourself. I did, in, yes. In the tasting room. Yeah, yes. I, I managed a, a tasting room for, for a while, and that, that is a source of some good comedy bits, I, I was going to say, I, I bet like you can draw some material Oh, from my that. goodness. Yeah, some of that. I mean, like some real-life experiences that came through, and it's, it, you know, and it, it really, that kind of stuff resonates really well in, in Sonoma County when you're doing jokes here. The Bay Area, a little bit, but um, here, it's like, that's... You know, like like when I mentioned meth to the Oroville crowd, mentioning wine to the to the Sonoma County crowd, it's like it's an equivalency. <laughs> what well, of your uh, your tasting room patrons was there a, a type of person where you're just like, yeah? Ugh. Well, collectively, it was always the bachelorette parties, right? Oh uh, my god, yeah. I'm the bride. Yeah, She's everybody. Yeah, my, it's one of my favorites. Like they just come in with so much energy, right? You know, all all the dresses are like off the shoulder. I don't know if that's how they started, but they probably stepped on them on the way through. And, <laughs> and there's just that I don't need a man. You need a man? Oh, it's ladies' weekend. It's ladies' weekend. Ladies' weekend. Do you need a guy? I don't need a guy. And like two sips of rosé later, mascara running down. You're right. That son of a bitch doesn't deserve me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's. But I actually enjoyed those uh, the bachelorette parties because um, that like people that's a gold mine for tipping. Uh, no. So that was. <laughs> But people don't realize it, so everyone would avoid it. But I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm, I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> I'm going in. Daddy's got to eat. <laughs> so they are good at tipping. They, yeah, they. Well, they, yes. I have, I have experienced that. They, they will. Because uh, more often than not, like the secret about selling wine is you're selling an experience. So, yeah. I mean, you know, wine is wine. Like, there's so much wine. Like, if you're in Healdsburg Square, you're gonna find, you know, you're going to find good wine. So, w- what you end up doing is you end up trying to purchase a souvenir. Then you, I, I had such a good time. I want to recreate that at home, and you never do because never, <laughs> never at the uh, at the tasting room do you see a pile of dishes that you know you have to get to, you know, or, <laughs> you know, or or the dog that's getting into something. Like, all your life is there, right? When you're drinking the wine somewhere else, like your life, you're on vacation for that, oh, right? Yeah. And so it's just not quite the same. Like, we have all bought puka shell necklaces and thought that it would bring back the <laughs> island feel, but it didn't. Darn it. I know. It lost its magic. I know. I hope you're not sponsored by a puka shell uh, company. <laughs> yeah. We were. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, it's a very sensitive subject. Yeah. <laughs> the Chase and Giambi special. <laughs> no, bachelorette party in a tasting room, good in a comedy club, no. Oh yeah, I, I've, there's two schools of thought on that. Right. I, we've I've had I think one good experience with a, uh, a bachelorette party in a comedy club. That's the outlier. I mean, that is for mm. sure the outlier because it is. I don't know what they think they're going to get out of a comedy show. Right. Um, because there's always this my, one of my favorite like, and like there's a lot of audience members that will say this but the bachelorette party is most notorious for the you're a comedian you're supposed to be able to handle this and it's like well what we're supposed to do is is take 
the jokes that we've worked on and perform them for a paying audience who wants to hear them. That's actually <laughs> what we're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. Now, trying to wrangle your opinions and your volume uh, is really not anybody's responsibility except your own. And so that becomes, yeah, there's, when you see that, come, when, you, when you see a sash of any sort come into the club, you're like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Let's go run and call yeah. sick that day. Yes. <laughs> now, you had a very specific duty of coming up with some, uh, I don't know if you call them pairings or uh Mixing some some uh, wine and music uh, right. at the tasting room. How, how, what was the genesis of that? So they there was we were having a, a discussion we're on the staff and, and somebody went like you always try to have some some sort of hook right some sort of an event um, and uh, October was in between I think something right and so we so someone had come up with the idea of well let's do Rocktober so they uh, we came up with. Um, like tasting notes that looked like uh, like something you find at a jukebox, right? So it had sort of like, or like a billboard top, uh, you know, 100. And so we had them sort of set up that way. But then we had all these different varietals and it was like, well, let's come up with a song or a band for each one. And I, I believe we had 37 varietals wow. at the time. So that was a Crazy. lot of work and to come up with a social media campaign for for each one. Um, and the first one we had was a Black Crows um, Chardonnay pairing called For Shard to Handle. And... <laughs> And that one seemed to, you know, and, and it was it was fairly, you know, simple setup. But then it was like, okay, that one, kind of, and the, the one that kind of spurred the whole thing, which was right there, uh, was um, uh, Karen Yon, My Wayward Son by Kansas. <laughs> wow. Like that one was like, it was right there. We had to take advantage of it. But then now I've got to go through all the other varietals and some were just just you know i'm like look bon jovi's bad medicine yeah that, that's easy that writes itself um but the hard part but then like gewurz demeanor i'm like sure john cougar mellencamp uh, gewurz so good that one was uh, but then we get you ran into some real tough ones like grenache yeah. grenache was a tough one but fortunately uh we settled on uh, and i say we uh, i'll take full credit on uh <laughs> On Twisted Sisters, Grenache gonna take it, and that was nice. that was that was the that was a hard pull, but uh, but it worked. I was gonna say by your thirtieth varietal, you're probably like, Ugh, I know, just this like is the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, quite. At that yeah. point, like you need some wine to like get into the zone. I'm like, right. All right. How am I gonna do this? Yeah, Edgar Winters Group uh, Cab Frankenstein. But that nice. Was, that was that was right there. But then like you had to like then we were trying to figure out like trying to pair them up with. Um, the specific vineyard so that gave us a little bit like trying to find some angle that required a way to kind of go through like Malbec and Black was was there for ACDC um, yeah so there was uh, yeah, yeah I, I forget there was one for uh, I'll I'll try to remember a few of these other ones, but they were there. It was fun, it, it, but then I had to come up with a social media campaign for oh every rosé has its thorn mm, by of poison course. yeah um, yeah and then there were some. Uh, like blends that had specific names that we were like, and they already had a certain amount of, um, you know, themes are like arousal and threesome <laughs> and foreplay. And so those are like, okay, so like arousal, uh, I just did uh, Billy Squire's The Stroke. So that was. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> you know. I'm actually surprised bad medicine doesn't exist already. I right. feel like yes. that should be a thing anyway. You would think. Right. Yeah, you don't know for sure. Yeah, there was, we had a uh, Marsan Russo, uh, uh, or no, sorry, MRV. I'm, bl I'm blanking on the, the, it's a, is it Marsan Russo Viognier? Maybe I'm wrong, whatever the R is. Anyway. R? Oh. MRV is, and so it was I Want My MRV by Dire Straits. Nice. Yeah. Like that. 
And now in terms of the music side of things, yes. are you into music yourself? What are you, what are you listening to? I listen to like, I listen to a lot like, of, of music. Music's, that's how the hip music's. I am. Yeah, the you know, the music for the ears. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I vary between, you know, and my wife will say it's hardly a variance because it's mostly like I'll have like 80s on 8 or 90s on 9. Um, like I'll pull over if, if a Backstreet song comes on because I'm not a monster. But like, <laughs> but I, but the thing is, is I, I, I grew up a, a, a grunge guy. Um, and uh, so like, in, you know, in my age group, grunge was really big. Um, also into hip hop at the time. Again, the, it. There was a there was a natural melding of those, of course, when you're in high school and you don't have any identity. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, but speaking of Metallica, I was a big Metallica guy growing up, and so like I have, I I, I don't listen to as much of the new stuff, you know, not because mm-hmm. I uh, am opposed to it. I've been starting to get into a little bit more contemporary uh, hip hop as of as of late. Um, I know it's I'm, I'm a late adopter into the contemporary <laughs> hip hop, um, but I tell you, man, these the, this this Travis Scott guy seems to know what he's doing. You like Travis Scott? I've, I've enjoyed a few okay, nice. Travis okay. Scott songs. Uh, I don't know that I can sing along with them because uh, I consider myself uh, just woke enough to not, but also woke enough to listen. Nice. <laughs> if it was on, I would listen to it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so do you use like certain songs to like pump you up before a performance? <laughs> do you like the Eminem lose yourself uh, moment there in the back? Yeah. I, if you uh, had one set. I, yeah, no, I, I do. There are certain songs that get me, uh, that get me a little more fired up. And that's when we start like, cause like certain clubs will ask you for uh, walk up music. Oh, which is which is nice to have. And uh, I went up to Careless Whisper not too long ago, and that really was a set the right tone. Um, there's, <laughs> there was something about that saxophone that just got the audience ready for something <laughs> sensual. Um, but I've also gone up to things like uh, Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. Uh, oh, of course. I, yeah. So, but like I used to actually. <laughs> <laughs> a lot listen to Air Supplies uh, making love out of nothing at all before I would go on stage. Oh! Now, right. I don't have a great explanation for it, but it just <laughs> seemed to work. And because uh, there, there's a, there's a, it builds to a crescendo, it's overly dramatic, and I feel like that's kind of what I do. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Now, um, are you any concert memories were you a concert goer when you were young or now or uh, when I was young um, I didn't go to a bunch of concerts I think one of the like the first big concert I went to was a Lollapalooza where um, Beastie Boys and Smashing Pumpkins co-headlined so that should, oh, that's should fun. put a, a decent uh, age range on me if anybody's doing doing the work <laughs> at home. Um, I remember seeing uh, Run DMC at the Phoenix. Whoa, that's yeah, awesome! Yeah, and that, and that wasn't when they were in there like heyday. This is like well after, but mm-hmm. and they you know uh, they were all still alive, and uh, and yeah, so that was like a real. I think it was put on by Sonoma State, and oh, uh, cool. yeah, it nice. was that was a really cool venue for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, did they still have the skate ramps in there? They did not at that point. Oh, I don't. That I don't must have so. been relatively. I mean, not too long ago then. Uh, it's hard to say. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I, it all blurs. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so and I, we actually started going to more concerts like kind of late because like we had kids early and then so now we're like, hey, we can go and do things without them. That's awesome. <laughs> um, Freedom. Yeah. So yeah, like, They'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Going to the Fox Theater, I enjoy uh, going yeah. to the Fox in Oakland a lot. Um, it's a great venue. Yeah. yeah Stunning. So, yeah. It's so, yeah, there's a, there's a Ventura venue that's like almost identical. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, so I, I enjoy, I, we're getting more like, 
not the bigger bigger concerts i think it's like we, we've gone to a few of those and i get a little lost in that i like i like a little bit more intimacy but yeah so concerts were something that i kind of did and then later have found that i, I enjoy quite a bit nice that's i like the the history of the phoenix it's this odd venue where it along its path these huge names have played mm-hmm. there it's like oh by the way did you know in like 1989 the Beatles played there like, yeah. these <laughs> random facts of, uh, of artists that have come through Houdini performed there back in the day before it burned down wow. really yeah it used to be called the California Theater and Houdini evidently performed his magic tricks there oh I, we're not talking about Houdini the uh, hip hop artist because <laughs> oh, uh, no. I was like whoa freaks come out at night at the Phoenix yes I'm in yes <laughs> oh wow Houdini the, the Houdini that's, like the Houdini that now that's and actually I'm not sure if I'm less impressed to be honest he's like whoa Houdini oh okay no, that, yeah. no yeah, the namesake I get it I get it did his trick burn it down may have I oh. don't know no <laughs> no it gave the illusion that it burned out <laughs> yes, and we, yes. We, yeah it's still there <laughs> it seems like it's not yeah oh yeah, yeah. Uh, as for uh, gigs for you coming up yeah. uh, in the maybe near future yeah maybe near future I uh, should be yeah it's the, the calendar's uh, somewhat in flux but uh, I'll be I'll be at the setup in uh, in San Francisco on uh, March 13th that's a really fun venue it's one of these uh, that started off as like it's it's a basement show in a bar and it was always real cool and then now it's like a thing right like so it's it feels like a, a club I think they've even extended it I think there's versions of it now in uh, Southern California my friends Abhay and Richard had, had really done something special down there and it's it feels like what I imagined performing like in a New York setting would be like you got to mm. go downstairs the ceilings are super low uh, everyone's kind of on top of each other but it but it's a proper uh, it's a proper venue so I tell people if they're not like if they don't they want the club feel in terms of quality uh, and caliber of comedy um, but without the club environment necessarily that's mm-hmm. I mean you're in the tenderloin so um, you know don't don't fall in love with your car right pretty much yeah. keep and, nothing in your car right. better yet park like in the Presidio or something and take an Uber in yeah exactly there's other ways to get in there just, just park in Mill Valley and Uber in that <laughs> yeah. seems like a fair enough distance <laughs> right yeah, yeah uh, but so that would definitely be there um, I've got some uh, you know of course I'm hosting trivia every Tuesday oh. at the, at oh, the yeah. Twin Oaks uh, Roadhouse oh uh, that's Super fun. Yeah, so that's kind of a fun. It's a little bit of a combo of, of trivia and then me working on things. <laughs> so <it's, laughs> so you get to see them bef- before they make it or when they die. So it's, uh, <laughs> and that's every Tuesday at, yeah. the, at the Roadhouse? Yeah, at the Roadhouse, at Twin Oaks Roadhouse. And that's right free and it's a lot of fun. Super um, cool. Yeah, it's, uh, that, that's a cool one. And I'll be on, in March 28th, there'll be uh, Critical Hit. Uh, that's a, uh, it's in like a little game store. Um, so that's kind of that, that's one of those. It's, it's another one of these. Like San Francisco has so many of these quirky venues that um, that have just become staples. And unfortunately, certain ones like Amnesia uh, closed down uh, in February, which is uh, which is a bit of a bummer. Um, but I was able you know able to do a, a show before that 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 happened. So like the, yeah, you get to these opportunities for these little theaters, and then they just kind of they can't get supported and they go away over time. Hmm. We've come so close in this area having sort of a comedy festival. There's been lots of sort of 
different iterations that have gone one or two years and haven't haven't really stuck. But I think one of these days something's really going to hit. And, yeah, uh, festivals. Yeah, and the thing is, is that I've, I've known folks. You know, uh, uh, Dominic who put together the Petaluma Comedy Festival, and I know that there's been like the Crushers of Comedy. There's these different uh, festivals that have come and go, but they're, they're it's a lot of work, right? And, yeah. and the thing is, is that there is a, a an appetite for comedy here, but I think the the North Bay in particular, not that there's not a lot to do in the Bay Area, but there's so many people in the Bay Area that can be so focused on any one thing at any time that you can kind of sustain that. Whereas here, I think we are, um, I mean, look, just by virtue of this podcast, we're, we're, you know, there's so many, there's wine, there's music, there's great food. There's so many things that you can do all the time. And it's that same crowd that you're attracting. That's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, no, comedy's great. I enjoy it. But all it takes is like one off show to be like, mm, maybe not. Right. You know, and I, cause I think we're a little spoiled in a lot of what we get out here. Absolutely. Um, so maintaining a comedy show, it, it takes a lot of work, but like the appetite is definitely there. But it's, it's it always surprises me how like you'll do a show, it could be a monthly, and then you'll say who's ever who's never been to one of these before, and how many people will have never been there, and they may not come back. But you're still you get this rotation, but it's hard to build that following because I think there's so much going on, and we only have so much uh, capital. <laughs> I think. Do we have a, a final duty for Mr. Osborne? Sure. So, uh, <laughs> so our, our final question that we'd like to ask our guests. No pressure. Uh, sure. No pressure at all. We form all of our judgments about you based on Far this. Far out. It's very true. Um, so, on a good evening when you mm. come home, what would be your preferred pairing of music? Like, what song would you put on or album or playlist? Uh, what wine would you drink? And what food would you eat? Wow. So, this is the ideal, like in my ideal circumstance, or what do I normally do? Either one, whatever you want. Yeah. Okay, that's a good. That that's actually really solid because here's the thing: is that I, <laughs> I will, and this is something that probably happens more often than not. And then this pairing probably doesn't make a ton of sense, but um, and maybe it has to do with with me being a creature of habit, or uh, it'll tell you a little bit about my financial situation. But um, I'll come in at home, and this is not a rare occasion that I will put on uh, an album by the Cars. Nice. Um, and then I will usually have a soft blanc because uh, usually it's right in my financial wheelhouse. Um, <laughs> and I find that I, I, I've been on a little bit of more of a white wine kick as of late. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't really have a great answer for why. Um, I just, it's, I think it, it comes from when I would go on shows, I used to drink red wine, but then if you have a couple glasses, you go on stage, your, your mouth looks like a monster. Right. <laughs> so I would yes. switch over to, to whites. Uh, and I, I like, they're, they're, Sauve Blanc I think is a little bit underrated. I, I like having the ones that have a little bit more of that, um, that they still have that, that tart citrus quality, but maybe leaning towards kind of that brie softness mm. with a little bit of a, maybe a loamier uh, uh, under, Belly. I know that's not the right term, but I'm saying it. Um, so I will do that. And this was, you know, and, and, and pairing wise, what I would do is it's sweet potato chips. Yum. I like sweet it's potato chips. It's pretty mellow. Those are good. It's pretty mellow. I mean, there's nine. Do they all go together? No. But does it make you happy, though? That's it all that does. Matters. It does make See? me happy. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to drive me home? Whatever soft blanc was chilled. When I got it. Exactly. <laughs> nice. I love it. Wait. Comedian Steve Osborne here. Thank you so much. Best place to find you online, Steve Osborne. Steve Osborne.com. Steve Osborne.com. Yeah, you yeah. got the URL. Uh, yes, yeah. Fortunately, yeah. <laughs> I beat out the other Steve Osborne. <laughs> and how do you spell your last name? A U S B U R N E. That's why it was available. Nice. <laughs> find him throughout the Bay Area in March 
or whenever this airs and uh, go check them out. Please do. Thank you so much. Thank you.